In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The language of purity comes up prominently in two of our readings for today from the Gospel. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. And from 1 John, everyone who believes in the Son purifies himself as he is pure. Purity is God's nature and business. It describes God himself. And it is God's to give, communicate, bestow unto others. But when humans get a hold of purity language, they quite often mess things up. We act as if purity is ours to bestow or not to bestow unto others, ours to give or deny to others. Even in our own little Lutheran church, we use terms like confessional or missional to paint a picture of a pure church and then bestow purity to those who think, talk, and act like us or deny purity to those who do not. We become suspicious of each other. We become divisive, suspicious of each other's purity righteousness, holiness. This is nothing new. Among God's own people, some see themselves as religiously purer than others. In Jesus' own day, for instance, Jerusalem Jews saw themselves as the true, righteous, pure Jews and looked down upon the Galileans as less than ideal Jews. Galileans lived too close to Greek-speaking peoples and cultures. So they were seen with some suspicion. Their religious purity was questionable. Yet God's surprises stuck up Jerusalem and even us. In Matthew's Gospel, God works his salvation out of Nazareth in Galilee through Jesus, a Galilean Jew. Not where the expected Messiah was supposed to come from. And if this is not shocking enough, at the end of the gospel, the risen Lord appears to his disciples in Galilee. And sends his Galilean disciples out of this despised and suspect region, to make disciples of all nations, to make them holy and pure and righteous by baptizing and teaching. God surprises us out of Galilee. And so we learn that purity is not ours to bestow or to deny. Purity is God's to give. Similarly, no self-respecting Jew in Jesus' day would have thought that God's salvation could reach the despised Samaritans, the enemy. 
The Jews saw Samaritans with suspicion because of their mixed religion and race. They were seen as religiously unclean, impure, unworthy of God's blessings. Yet in John's Gospel, Jesus surprises us and promises the living water of the Spirit to a Samaritan woman at the well. And through this unlikely character, he brings the Gospel to the Samaritans, the so-called Johanna in Pentecost. Johanna in Samaritan Pentecost. And in Luke's Acts, we see how in God's plan of salvation, through Philip the Evangelist, and even perhaps to the pleasant surprise of the Jerusalem disciples, the baptism in the name of Jesus for the forgiveness of sins and the gift of the Holy Spirit is also for the suspect Samaritans, the ones seen as the least likely to be worthy of God's blessings. We learn once again that purity is not ours to deny or to bestow. Purity is God's to give. Every time we see purity as our own possession, we begin to boast in our own purity, in our own holiness, and begin to compare our purity, our righteousness with those of others. We get in the way of God's purifying, sanctifying work in our lives, and even in the lives of others. We forget that we are all impure. We are all sinners, without distinction, equally unrighteous, unholy, before a holy, pure God. We forget that God alone makes saints out of sinners. So, Jesus tells his disciples, and he tells us, Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Purity is not our work, but a divine blessing. Blessed are the pure in heart. It is a gift of God, bestowed by him alone. It is a repentant heart, softened, opened by God in his saints to receive his rich blessings. And such gift of purity comes with an eschatological promise at the last day, all blessed saints who have been made pure by Jesus and Jesus alone shall enjoy the beatific vision. They shall see God face to face living in eternal blessedness before God in heaven. This purity, then, is not something we grasp by pointing to ourselves. It is certainly not something we point to in order to boast about ourselves, to rub it in other people's faces, to tell others we are purer than them. No, this purity is never our doing. It is always the purity of another. It is always the purity of Christ given to us. 
as the Apostle John reminds us in his vision of the last days. The great multitude of saints from every nation, from all tribes and peoples and languages, with Galileans and Samaritans in there, are clothed in white robes made white in the blood of the Lamb. The saints are not clothed in a purity of their own making. They are clothed in the purity, in the righteousness, in the holiness of Christ. We have this purity now, but we will not get to enjoy it fully until our bodies are raised, pure, sinless, holy at the last day. As John tells us, we know that when the Son appears, we shall be like Him, because we shall see Him as He is. We, the saints in the militant church, share and celebrate this promise, this hope, with the blessed saints in the triumphant church, whose names we remember today. The Holy Spirit binds us, the saints of all ages, together in this one hope until the Spirit raises us all to be like the Son at the time of His final appearance. And then we shall see God fully in the face of His glorified Son, and we shall see the image of the Son reflected in our own glorify bodies. Everyone who hopes in Him, in the Son, purifies himself as He is pure. The Apostle John here is saying that though purity is our final gift, it also makes a difference for how we live today. Everyone who hopes in the Son purifies himself as he is pure. And how does, how does one glorify oneself, purify oneself as he is pure? Well, this is some of John's language to get at that. Being born of God by water and the Spirit living as one in whom God abides, or to make it really simple, using John's own language, loving one another, <laughs> which is the complete opposite of purity as a divisive kind of thing. The purity of Christ bestowed freely upon us shines through our love for one another. We no longer point to our purity to magnify ourselves and exclude those whom we see as impure from the church or the kingdom or eternal life. Instead, the love of Christ in us suffers all things for the sake of the neighbor. This love which abides in us by the Spirit who dwells in our hearts this love reaches out to the unlovable, the suspect, the ones we think least likely to benefit from the blessings of God. This love 
lets God do his surprising work of making saints of sinners, just as he did with us. That's all saints day for you. It is all about God's work of making saints out of sinners like us and like they who have gone before us. It is about God's making the impure pure, the unrighteous righteous, by covering us and them with his purity. So blessed are you and blessed are they whose white clothes are washed in the blood of the Lamb. And blessed are you, and blessed are they, who shall see the Son as he is, and shall be like him at the last day. Blessed are you, and blessed are they, the pure of heart, for we shall see God in the face of Christ. Come, Lord Jesus. Amen.